Welcome back to Real Live Radio. I'm your host, Big Rob. I'm your host, Couture. And I'm your host, Jada. And today our show topic was Understanding the Black History, the Untold Story. And our first segment was The Black History in Government. And our guest today was Congressman John Lewis. And our second segment today is The Civil Rights Movement. What was the pivotal, pivotal movement that made you get involved in the Civil Rights Movement? More than anything else, what inspired me to get involved in the Civil Rights Movement during the 50s and the 60s. In 1955, when I was only 15 years old in the 10th grade, I heard about Rosa Parks. And the action of Rosa Parks inspired me. Two years later, in 1957, at the age of 17, I met Rosa Parks. And I, I wanted to do something. I wanted to get involved. I heard Dr. Kane's voice on the radio and uh, his voice, his words inspired me. And I wanted to attend a little school called Troy State College. It is now known as Troy University. It was all white, only 10 miles from my home. I wrote a letter to the school. I received an application, submitted my application, my high school transcript. I never heard a word from the school. So I wrote a letter to Dr. Martin Luther Kane Jr. I didn't tell my mother, my father, any of my sisters or brothers, any of my teachers. I told Dr. King I needed his help. He wrote me back and sent me a round-trip Greyhound bus ticket and invited me to come to Montgomery to meet with him. In the meantime, I went off to Nashville to school and he heard that I was there. And he suggested when I was home for spring break to come and see him. And I will never forget it. On a Saturday morning in March of 1958, when I was 18, I boarded a bus. I traveled the 50 miles from Troy, Alabama to Montgomery. And a young black lawyer met me. I had never seen a lawyer before. Met me, picked me up, drove me to a church, passed by the Reverend Ralph Abernathy. And I walked through the door, and I saw Dr. King and Reverend Ralph Abernathy sitting behind the desk. And Dr. King said, are you the boy from Troy? Are you John Lewis? And I said, Dr. King, I'm John Robert Lewis. I gave my whole name. And that was the beginning of my involvement in the Civil Rights Movement. That changed my life forever. He became like a big brother. He became my friend. He became my colleague, and we worked together. What was it like during the 1960s? In, in 19, during the 1960s, especially in the American South, you saw those signs that said white men, colored men, white women, colored women, white waiting, colored waiting. Here, even in Washington, D.C., in 1961, the same year that President Barack Obama was born, black people and white people, after you left Washington, D.C., you couldn't be seated together on a Greyhound bus or a Trailway bus when you went into Virginia or to travel through North Carolina or South Carolina or Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. We were on our way to New Orleans. We were arrested. We were jailed. We were beaten. So we had to change that. So it took the, the marches in Birmingham, the march on Washington, and the arrests of hundreds and thousands of people, including young children, to bring down those signs. So as young people, those signs are gone. The only places you would see those signs would be in a book, in a museum, or on a video. They are gone, and they will not return. In your own words, who was Dr. Martin Luther King? Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. was a beautiful human being. He was a wonderful man. 
He, he was uh, a preacher. He was a teacher. He was my hero. If it hadn't been for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I don't know what would have happened to me and so many other Americans. He changed America forever. Take us back to the day also known as Bloody Sunday when you were attacked by Alabama State Troopers. On Sunday, March 7, 1965, a group of us attempted to, to march from Selma to Montgomery to dramatize to the nation and to the world that people of color wanted to register to vote. We were told that we could not continue to march. We kneeled to pray. We were beaten. I was left bloody, left unconscious. Now, we're, now we'll swing this over to the news segment. Thank you. In politics, Newt Gingrich says if Hillary Clinton runs in 2016, Republicans are incapable of competing. Obama weighs in on Michigan right to work. Democrats seek alternate route to destroy filibuster. Former Tea Party leads bless GOP's stupid moves. Watch GOP's consultant voter ID and long lines to help outside. That's my news segment. I'm going to sing about to the uh, real live crew. If you want to know more, click on the HubbardtonPost.com. Stay swag. Thank you, Jada, for that hot news. Dr. King was assassinated on April the 4th, 1968 at Lorraine Hotel in Memphis, Tennessee. When you heard the news, what were some of your thoughts during that time? When I heard the news that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had been assassinated, I, I cried. I was shocked. I was campaigning for Robert Kennedy in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I said, we lost our friend, we lost our leader, we have lost our brother, but we must continue to fight, we must continue to struggle. So I went back to Atlanta and I stayed there during the funeral and after the funeral, I left and went back on the campaign with Robert Kennedy. I went to Los Angeles, California and campaigned with him. He was seeking a Democratic nomination for president. And that evening, after he won the primary, he invited a group of us to come to a suite at the local hotel. And he asked us to stay there. He went downstairs to make his victory statement. And watching television, we saw that he was shot. And two days later, he died. So during the summer, the spring and summer of 1968, I lost two wonderful friends, two young leaders that I love and admire, Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy. So one reason that I've been moved and motivated to get involved in American politics is because I thought someone must pick up where Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy left off. In 1977, how did it feel to be appointed by President Jimmy Carter to direct 250,000 volunteers? In, in 1977, I was very pleased that President Carter would appoint me uh, to be part of an, the action agency to, to help hundreds and thousands of people, young people and people not so young uh, and, and people uh, not so old, I should say, to make America better. And uh, I travel all over America during the two years I spent in the Carter administration. As a matter of fact, I went on the Indian reservation uh, in Arizona and, and got to know Native Americans uh, much better. 
You listen to Real Live Radio. I'm your host, Big Rob. And I'm your host, Couture. And I'm your host, Jada. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back.